Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. I'm Jerry Boyer. Welcome to this edition of Meeting of Minds. My guest is Bob Pruitt from the Alliance Defending Freedom, ADF. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Jerry. This is uh, quite an honor and a pleasure to be with you and your audience. And it's an honor and a pleasure to uh, have you here. Alliance Defending Freedom, you're going to talk more about it in a moment, is, in my opinion, the preeminent uh, organization when it comes to litigating for religious freedom and um, freedom of uh, viewpoint, um, diversity. Um, and has quickly, so, and wins. That's important. Yes. There are yes, a lot of organizations. There are a lot of organizations that everyone's heard of. But in our world, there aren't that many organizations that win. Um, and we're not out there just to build a mailing list or raise money. We're out there to change the policy environment. We're, you're, you're out there to help um Christians in particular, but anybody, uh, have religious freedom in the United States and have that protected. Um, and I, I really like talking to the people who win because that's what in that what we're in here in this for. Uh, so tell me about ADF and your role with it, please, Bob. So yeah, thank you, Jerry, for that introduction. And um, we've been blessed by the Lord. Uh, we've had fourteen Supreme Court victories in the last ten years. Um, so we're uh, have a couple of that uh, we should. Uh, Opinion should be released this week, so hopefully we can add to that count. And again, we're um, out there to advocate for religious liberty, free speech, sanctity of life, marriage, family, and parental rights. Uh, and so we we do, and with the Lord's uh, uh, with the Lord's pleasure, we certainly want to uh, to have victories uh, for free speech, for um, religious freedom um, everywhere. And so that's uh, that's what we're really about. And um, I, I think that one of the reasons you've been effective in winning um, is because you've tactically chosen areas in which the ideology of the age, kind of a secular leftism, had gotten so far out into extreme territory that it was vulnerable for challenge. So, you know, th th we had gotten so um, intolerant, uh, say, towards religious expression that school boards and workplaces and colleges, public colleges in particular, just sort of kind of got to the point where they're just saying, oh, if you're religious, shut up. Let's be, <laughs> let's be safe. You know, just always shut up if you're, you know, don't wear the cross, don't pray, don't whatever. And they had gotten, you know, they were out of kilter with the law, but that was a bubble in some sense, a kind of a secularism bubble in terms of speech codes and human human right uh, human resources management, and so you've been able to win so many because they got so overextended that these became winnable cases. Is that is that a fair analysis? Yeah, I think so, Jerry. I think that um, you know we had so much you know, and now we're getting wokeism, but we we've had so much 
that, uh, you know, the left had promoted. I mean, you know, back in the 60s, it was getting prayer out of the schools. Then it was getting the Ten Commandments out of the schools. Um, but that's devolved, if you will, to now where, you know, we've got school boards that are telling their teachers that if an elementary school uh, girl comes to you and says that uh, she feels like she might want to be a boy, that that teacher is not supposed to say anything at all to the parents. It's it's a secret and you can't say anything to the parents. And then, you know, they want to use the correct pronouns. They want to talk about puberty blockers. They want to talk about sex altering surgeries. And and so that that is extremely harmful, but they think they know better. The, the, it, you know, all this is kind of the government thinking it knows better than the parents. And, and we've got to get away from that where we get some traditional American values back in place. Really common sense, Jerry. Get that back in place uh, here for everybody. Well, and the reason I use that analogy is um, the, the idea of the left getting way out beyond legally defensible uh, parameters um, is that your latest effort, um, which is to get engaged with corporations, seems to me you're going into a similar environment. You're going into an environment in which a certain ideology has been so incredibly successful that other Christians have been afraid to challenge it. But in fact, it's been so utterly successful that it's gotten way beyond what the law would permit. And so therefore, it's vulnerable. Again, you know, there was a kind of anti-religion bubble um, in public policy, and we've seen it with, you know, say, uh, masterpiece cakes and other places where there was intolerance towards people who had religious objections to participating in same-sex marriages. Well, that happened in the legal environment and in the government environment. Well, that also happened in the corporate environment, and that's the new area that you're engaged in. Um, exactly, and you're you're you know you're making progress there as well. Exactly. So I'm part of the division of ADF called the corporate engagement. And corporate engagement, what we do is we inspire and encourage companies to adopt a business culture that respects religious freedom and free speech. And this isn't just for Christians or conservatives. It's for all Americans. Um, And the main ways we encourage this is to hold them accountable through uh, winsome advocacy, uh, our viewpoint diversity index, which we'll discuss a little bit later in more detail. Uh, But it provides uh, accountability and encouragement to, again, let's get corporations to get back into the business of making profit for their shareholders, whether than pushing a leftist agenda. And I would say probably the big corporate engagement uh, um, um, battle this year, there were a number of them, but was probably J.P. Morgan Chase. And that um, kind of centered around, uh, really was triggered by the cancellation of uh, Sam Brownback. Um, uh, a former ambassador for religious liberty, former senator, former governor, um, uh, his uh, bank account, and a proposal by my friend David Bonson, which you helped with, on um, viewpoint diversity and uh, debanking and religious freedom for the largest bank in America. So that proposal was put forward. You helped. They fought it. Uh, The SEC agreed with Bonson and you and said, no, this belongs on the ballot. They put it on the ballot. Uh, And... um, some really odd things happened yes. when it was on the ballot um, and was discussed at the annual meeting. Um, and so we, we, in some sense, we're not so much discussing the idea anymore. We're discussing the incoherent 
and contradictory, therefore inaccurate, because contradictory ideas can't all be true, uh, accounts of what happened from J.P. Morgan Chase. And you've done something helpful, which is to put together a kind of point-by-point description of what happened with links to the transcripts, to the documents, to the correspondence, so that there's absolutely no doubt about what's happened, and there's no doubt that J.P. Morgan Chase was not straight with shareholders at the annual meeting. Can you kind of go through that for us, please? I sure can. So let me start with uh, a quote. Um, And so let me, um, so the quote is this, we live in the greatest country in the world predicated on foundational beliefs and freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, sanctity of the individual, and the promise of equality and opportunity for all. These core values are the fabric that binds us as Americans where the best of what we are shines through, especially in times of adversity. And you're thinking, wow, that's really, you know, who would be the author of those patriotic sentiments? Is it Abraham Lincoln? Was it Rob, Ronald Reagan? Was it Florida Governor Ron DeSantis? Who, you know, who was it? And interestingly enough, it was J.P. Morgan's CEO, Jamie Dimon, and he spoke these words during his testimony before the Senate Committee on Banking, Housing, and Urban Affairs just last December. And it's ironic to hear uh, Mr. Diamond speaks so highly of our country and its freedoms because only months before, as you indicated, uh, without warning and without explanation, Chase elected to end the relationship and close the checking account of the National Committee of Religious Freedom. Now, this NCRF, or National Committee on Religious Freedom, is a nonprofit organization. It's led, as you had mentioned, by former U.S. Senator and Ambassador Sam Brownback. Uh, the organization exists to protect and defend religious freedom for all faiths. Uh, to provide an example, uh, its ad- ad- advisory board members include Faith Research Council, P- Tony Perkins, uh, Cardinal Timmy Dolan, uh, Imam uh, Talib Sharif, Rabbi Yaakov Minkin, and ADF's former CEO and president, Michael Ferris. So it's not just uh, certainly Christians, it's, it's all faiths. And they never did receive a clear reason as to why Chase closed his account. And I thought that um, what Ambassador Brownback stated is that he was most shocked and and surprised when someone came uh, from Chase because they hadn't provided any explanation yet. But they said this, we will reinstitute your account if you'll do three things. If you'll provide us with your donor list. If you, too, if you provide a political a list of your political candidates that you intend to support, and three, provide a full explanation of the criteria by which you were are going to endorse and support those candidates. I mean, that's just ridiculous. And I, I mean, as you would expect, NCRF said, no, thank you. But just to, to the gall and the temerity of Chase to ask that, to reinstitute account that they shouldn't have closed in the first place. Um, and so uh, it's interesting the um, the responses that uh, Chase did provide, and they were all kind of across the board, but at the end, their responses implied that either NCRF was connected to international terrorism or that Ambassador Brownback was using NCRF to funnel bribes. So it's just crazy. And you're thinking, well, is this, you know, is this the Twilight Zone or something? This is Chase, the U.S.'s largest bank um, you know, involved in this. Um, and so uh, and, and, and if we go back and we look at, well, let's look at it from a perspective of is this a one off? 
Is this a flash in the pan? I mean, surely this is not a, a, the way they conduct business. Well, unfortunately uh, for Chase, there does appear to be, you know, a, a, um, a string of opportunities here that that they're uh, getting involved in uh, that's not helping that case. And so going back to uh, some recent history, 2018, uh, over the course of a year, Black Rifle Coffee Company, uh, not quite as good as your sponsor, Community Coffee, but yeah, it's a veteran conservative-owned company. And they attempted to op- open an account with Chase, and Chase refused, citing that uh, they didn't want to, they had a reputational risk that they were concerned about if they went forward with Black rifle just to offer them uh, services. Then over the uh, first quarter of 2019, over a course of uh, several weeks, Chase cancels the accounts of multiple conservative activists, including conservative writer and producer Dinesh D'Souza, former congressional candidate Laura Loomer, veteran and pro-Second Amendment advocate Joe Biggs, and conservative artist Martina Marcota, uh, all without... um, explanation or without warning. Now, to their credit, uh, they did come back later uh, with uh, some pressure, national news, et cetera, uh, to see if they wanted to reinstate those accounts. Uh, they still haven't offered that, to my knowledge, to NCRF, but but nevertheless, uh, it, it does mean it shows that there's a string of activities here uh, that doesn't just stop with that. So in July of 2021, uh, Chase closes the credit card processing account of the Arkansas Family Council. Uh, they say that they deem to be in high risk. Then in uh, September 21, Chase closed the credit card accounts of former White House National Security Advisor and retired Lieutenant General, uh, General Michael Flynn, stating that he's a reputational risk to the company. Then in November 2021, WePay, which is a payment processor and a subsidiary of Chase, cancels its contract with the Defense of Liberty uh, to process ticket purchases for an event that featured former President Donald Trump. Uh, WePay stated that it canceled the contract because Defense of Liberty, in their opinion, promoted hate, violence, racial intolerance, terrorism, or the financial exploitation of a crime. And um, and then, then, then we can go further. Uh, May 2022, uh, that's when Chase debanked uh, National Committee for Religious Freedom, NCRF. And uh, so you can see that there's a history here of them debanking based upon either political or religious purposes. Are you um, aware of any examples where they've um, canceled services for somebody associated with the left? I mean, is there anybody out there that was just too too, too far to the left that they were a reputational risk and Chase said, no, you know, we can't cancel your account. Have, have they, are you aware of any instances of that? I'm not. And it's not something that, you know, uh, we've actually looked into that and, and, and uh, tried to determine. And our research did not show that there were any uh, groups, organizations, individuals that Chase canceled uh, because of a, left-leaning belief or philosophy, no. And I can point out that I talked with investor relations directly, and they also were unable to give any examples of any similar, of any analogous uh, situations from groups on the left. So the reputational risk, as far as we can tell, is only for conservative groups. Only conservative groups are a reputational risk, or at least that's what they thought. But it turns out that you know, canceling these other groups and especially Brownback. And I think what it is with Brownback is 
the the guy is so mainstream. You know, you can look at some people on that list, you know, that, that you just, I mean, they deserve to have banking services, right? Sure. But, you know, Laura Loomer, you know, I read her Twitter account is like, you know, now I don't believe she ought to be canceled, but, you know, she, she's not exactly, she's not mainstream, okay? Yeah, uh, she's the ride of Attila the Hun. Okay, yeah, sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. So, and Dinesh D'Souza, <laughs> you know, there were problems with the law, but that, that that's nothing to do with the, the, with this bank account. No. Um, but, you know, Sam Brownback, he, he's Kansas. He's yes. A go- he was a governor. He was a senator. He co-authored Religious Freedom Restoration Act yes. with Chuck Schumer. Yes. Signed by Bill Clinton. He represents an extremely mainstream American point of view. And if somebody thinks that if someone looks at at him and says, hmm, might be terrorist, uh, something is severely off in the corporate culture somewhere. Now, we don't know where it is. You know, David has mentioned on the media, maybe it's somebody in middle management or somebody in a branch or some rogue employee. We don't know because... Chase hasn't said. They've been non-transparent about this. But one of the things that we do know is they have this pattern. And then this was brought to their attention. And they gave these contradictory explanations for what happened. Exactly. Exactly. So let me, let me go over that. Yeah. Um, so, and, and as you said, I think it because it was, you know, someone that had a strong reputation, uh, as Ambassador Brownback does, uh, and that senators got involved and uh, state treasurers got involved. And we'll, we'll talk about that. So uh, this is in October of 2022. Uh, Florida Senator Marco Rubio writes a letter to Chase, CEO Jamie Dimon, as we're talking about, calling for a detailed ex- explanation of why Chase closed NCRF's account. Then November of last year, uh, 55 leading financial professor uh, professionals, including one Jerry Boyer, uh, signed the statement on debanking. I thought it was leading speech. financial professor. You said leading, and then and, and then you, you mentioned me. 54 leading. leading professionals and Jerry Boyer. And Jerry Boyer. No, <laughs> including Jerry Boyer, <laughs> certainly a leading pro- uh, professional uh, financial advisor out there, Jerry. Um, but uh, so you know, Stein the statement on debanking. And criticizing Chase for its politically motivated debanking, which again they've got a history of. You can't get away from that. And then calling upon the bank to participate in the survey component of ADF's viewpoint diversity score index. So let's pause for a moment and, and talk about ADF's viewpoint diversity index. So it's the first comprehensive bis- benchmark designed to measure corporate respect for free speech and religious freedom. It addresses corporations on diversity of thought by scoring them across 42 performance indicators. Each company is scored on its policies, practices, and activities in the marketplace, workplace, and public square. Um, interesting, if we want to just take a side note, uh, Chase's score, and this is out of 100, uh, was um, 15, 15%. And then this uh, this this last year, which we uh, the results were uh, released in May for the, the second uh, version of the viewpoint diversity score index, uh, Chase's score decreased by six percent um, from fifteen percent. So, do you know why the decrease occurred? Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons is that the, the refusal. And we'll talk about this in a little bit. Um, this good dovetail into not responding to the survey. I see. Um, 
and and so and then you know some of the other uh, aspects of the forty-two uh, they didn't score as well on, and and so that again that looks at, at the marketplace, workplace, public square. Um, are do they have policies? And this is what really gets a lot of the companies in trouble. Do they have policies? that give them too much subjectivity regarding, let's say that they'd say, we don't want hate or we don't want violence or we don't. And, you know, because they can characterize hate uh, as anything. And so, you know, they might use that as the reason, uh, the precursor for making the decision. But when you go down beyond just the word hate, you find out they just don't, they don't agree with you. So unless disagreement equals hate, that doesn't fly. Yeah, we, um, I've seen this over and over again. Um, these these guidelines on who gets services or which books you'll publish or, or which content you'll allow on your website. Hateful, harmful, derogatory, um, you know, uh, um, stereotyping, you know, th- this sort of thing. Exactly. Um, and, but then you'll see it only applies in one direction. Right. So, you know, exactly. like for instance, just top of mind, you know, I, I sat in on the Etsy annual board meeting right. and I asked about this and they had banned somebody who was selling T-shirts and cups. I don't remember the, exactly what they said, but they essentially asserted that gender is biologically based, yeah. um, you, that you can't change gender, that, you you know, and some of it was just like the, we're the reality based community or I believe in gender reality. That was enough. And this yep. person gets canceled. So, you know, I, I, I asked them about it uh, and they said, well, you know, we have policies. You know, we 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 don't we don't discriminate um, except we have certain policies. You know, we'll sell anything except if someone violates our guidelines. Well, what are your guidelines? Oh, hey, hey you know, harmful, et cetera. Well, OK, so. I went to the Etsy. I know this is a side tour, but just yep. um, I went. No, to, I went to the Etsy. On. I went to the Etsy website and I typed in. I, I basically I want to buy anti-Christian um, merchandise, and there were pages and pages <laughs> of things making fun of the existence of God, making fun of the of Christians, being derogatory towards Christians, saying that Christians are hateful, just attacking Christians relentlessly. Yeah. So then I said, okay, I, you know, went and searched for anti-trans merchandise. And I got pages and pages and pages of pro-trans yeah. merchandise. Yeah. yeah, just the I, opposite. I couldn't find anything whatsoever that was critical of, say, sexual transition surgery or the idea that gender is chosen rather than, you know, a biological reality. So I sent that to them. I mean, tell, explain yeah. to me. You know, so the the problem is subjectivity. That one person's idea. That for for some people, they'll look at I don't know uh, Black Lives Matter um, propaganda, which is calling for the destruction of the monogamous heterosexual family, right. and they'll say, "Hmm, edgy social change." Yeah. Uh, and they'll look <laughs> at something that says religious freedom, and they'll say, "Hmm, probably code for hate speech." And that's probably hateful and harmful. They 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 have total subjectivity. They have yes. way too much discretion. And that dovetails nicely into uh, you know back in December of last year, David Bonston, and you've had him a guest on your show, uh, proposes a resolution for Chase at their shareholder meeting, calling for a detailed report by the company to evaluate how it oversees risk related to discrimination against individuals based upon their race, 
their color, their religion, including religious views, sex, natural origin, or political views. And Bonson's resolution also asked for the for Chase to participate in ADS viewpoint diversity survey. Um, so Chase, in response to this, and this was in January of this year, uh, submits a letter to the Security and Exchange Commission (SEC) stating that it should not have to put the that resolution, David Bonson's resolution, on its ballot at its shareholders' meetings because this "quote unquote" deals with the company's ordinary business operations. So we wouldn't want to talk about anything. Uh, like problems with discrimination based upon religion and religious views, certainly because that deals with their ordinary business operations. Hmm. Well, interestingly enough, which by the uh, way is a go-to argument for no action letters. Exactly. Because the SEC has said, you don't have to put things on the proposal. They deal with ordinary business matters or mundane business matters. So that they almost always go to the ordinary business argument, even though this was a civil rights, fundamental Liberty proposal. That's just ordinary business. Oh yeah, Yeah, sure. Yeah. No big Uh, deal. And then, so along those lines, in, in March of this year, SEC rejects Chase's argument and holds that Chase should put the resolution on the ballot for the bank shareholder meeting. So um, then uh, that meeting is going to be in May. But before then, and this is kind of part where, you know, getting on the Sam Brownback, you shouldn't have canceled him bandwagon because if you're going to cancel Sam Brownback. You're going to cancel a lot of other ones, you know, without cause. And so uh, in March of 2023, uh, Nebraska State, State Treasurer John Baranti, who's joined by 14 other state auditors, controllers, and treasurers, submits a letter to Mr. Diamond calling for him to correct the debanking issue by adopting policies uh, recommended by ADF's Viewpoint Diversity Score Index, and then asking Chase to provide transparency by answering the survey portion of the index as well. Then in May, uh, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, and he's joined by 18 other attorneys general, writes a letter to Diamond asserting that Chase has persistently discriminated against certain customers due to their religious or political affiliations. And he asked for Chase to participate again in ADF's viewpoint diversity survey, citing that Chase has openly participated in the human rights campaign corporate equality index. And if you don't know what that is, that that measures uh, a corporation's commitment to LGBTQ issues solely uh, doesn't really cover anything else. That's that's all about LGBTQ issues and um, and what what they're about. So uh, it, it, I think it's instructive that in Attorney General Cameron's letter, he says Chase cannot call itself inclusive. It can't publicize that it opposes discrimination in any form, promise to prevent discrimination against customers, and then refuse to commit to the most basic equality of treatment and fair dealing. And and so, you know, through all this, Chase is getting called on the carpet for doing what it's been doing and has a history of uh, against companies, organizations based upon their political or their religious beliefs. Um, and and I think it's, it's, it's worth noting, as we did before, that what, what, what happens is with these subjective policies, it sets the table for these politicized actions uh, through vague and imprecise service agreements that Chase relies on. Uh, and we, like we're talking about terms like hate or intolerance and the diversity score index actually has policies that you can go to and like religious accommodation policies and discrimination policies that you can use. And it doesn't have that vague language that 
often these companies will use to hide behind and making these these calls. Hmm. Um, and then, you know, in, in May of this year, uh, Chase holds its shareholder meeting and then the board of directors recommends that shareholders vote against Bonson's resolution. Uh, and the vote was only about 2% of the shareholders voted for the resolution. Um, the board, as you might know, uh, that they said that uh, they were asking everybody to vote against it. And you're thinking, well, you know, what on its face w- would be so harmful to do? I mean, other than bring into light you know, Chase's issues of debanking or deplatforming companies. Right. But um, but but anyway, uh, so further uh, at the shareholder meeting, they said that, uh, that they really had nothing to apologize for and, and no corrections were necessary. And that their initial response, uh, because they were asked, well, what about participating in ADF's viewpoint diversity survey? And it's interesting because if we go back in time, when ADF first submitted this um, survey to Chase, the response was, well, we're not going to participate because your survey doesn't appropriately align with our diversity initiatives and directions. So that was their first response. And then, uh, Jerry, didn't you have discussions with Chase? By the way, another way, a more accurate way for them to say that is that our values um, um, and policies do not appropriately align with viewpoint diversity. Exactly. Right. I mean, you're. I mean, basically, I've read your viewpoint diversity index. It's extremely neutral. Yes. Uh, I could be uh, um, uh, an atheist communist, lesbian, uh, trans, Presbyterian. I guess I wouldn't be an atheist then. (laughs) I don't know. I get it. I get it. Uh, uh, And say, oh, this will protect me. Um, So it's it's very neutral in viewpoint. So if they're not aligned with that, with with the kind of the assumptions of that survey, then that means they're not aligned with genuine viewpoint diversity. Exactly. Um, so I'm sorry. Exactly. Go, go ahead. So, so, you know, so I asked you, didn't you have discussions with Chase representatives regarding its participation in sure. the ADF survey? Yeah. And yeah. so um, and so so first they said that it doesn't appropriately align with our diversity initiatives. Right. They had discussions, at least with you and I'm sure others that yes. saying, hey, you know, you need to respond to the survey. And then they were that there was requests from the 15 state treasurers. The 55. Well, yeah, they, they said, we don't do a lot of surveys. And I said, well, you do human rights campaign survey. Right. Do you do any surveys on the right? Uh, they couldn't get, she couldn't give any examples of yeah. that. Um, and um, so we talked about the survey at length and she said, she'll consider it and get back to me. She didn't get back to me. Then later we corresponded about it via email. And she said, we were not aware of the survey. Exactly. Um, we had not been aware of the survey. So and, and, is it we read it and it doesn't align or thank you uh, for talking to us about it. We'll think about it or we didn't get it. Then uh, she suggested to me that um, it that they that they hadn't received it at, at the right email address. Yeah. So I went and checked with the people who sent it. Um, that was somebody associated with Inspire Investing, I think. Right. Um, and, and you know, got it a look at the email that they sent and the email address. And then I went to the um, J.P. Morgan Chase Investor Relations page. And that is the email address that is to be used for shareholder concerns. 
Right. Right. It's the only email it's address. It's the only one. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that clearly, it seemed to be the right email address. No other e- email address was given. Exactly. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think at the, so, at the board meeting, there was a statement about what we were unaware of it. Yeah. So, so we're, we're aware. We don't like it. We didn't get it. It came to the wrong email address. We don't know it exists. Um, I mean, they've been through so many. It's, it's, it's hard to keep track of the. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's on top of the request being made by the 15 state treasurers, John Moranti's letter, 55 leading financial professionals, including Jerry Boyer, yeah. the 18 attorneys general from adjoining attorney general Cameron. Uh, Bonson shareholder resolution uh, referenced it as well, um, but they they claimed at the yeah, shareholder the, and the meeting. AG, the AG letter does mention the the survey. Yes, in other oh, words, absolutely. the survey's mentioned in the let in the, at least the AG letter. I don't remember the treasurer offhand, but maybe it was. So it it's was. mentioned in both letters. Yeah, you know, if you're yeah. if you get a letter from 14 state treasurers or 18 attorneys general, that should register <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, that's important stuff. Right. Um, and then and Bonson's shareholder resolution was also in there. So, you know, all those. And then they said they had no knowledge of it at the shareholder. No knowledge of it. That's right. No knowledge of it. Now, their their latest communication says that they're actively considering participating in next year's ADF survey. Um, so that's where we are now, actively yes. considering, which is where it was left when I when I talked to <laughs> investor relations. Yeah. What they told uh, me is when the survey comes out, send it to me personally. I'm not going to use... The, the, yeah, the name, person's don't. name. Yeah. Uh, send it to me personally, and I'll make sure that it gets carefully considered. And I guess they've said to uh, A.G. Cameron as well that we're actively considering this. So uh, that that does seem to me to be progress. Would you consider that? Oh, I, I definitely think so. I mean, you know, you, you got to think that uh, this was something they were trying to sweep underneath the carpet. Uh, it was brought to their attention by high-ranking members of legislative, by the attorneys general, by uh, respected financial professionals. I mean, they can't get away from it, and and so you know, I, I do think it it they it, it's got their attention, and I I don't think they can take a position next year they didn't get it. I don't think they can take a position of well, this isn't aligning with our diversity. I, I don't think that's going to be appropriate. So I think they're just going to have to participate. And and I think that's that's progress. I mean, that, that's you're thinking the this is the largest uh, bank that's in America, and they're going to, I, I believe, I, I just, I'd be shocked if, if, if they don't, based upon, you know, all this evidence against them, that they certainly saw it, it was on their radar, and they just chose not to respond. Yeah, so you think they'll you think they'll 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 participate? I think it'd be hard not to. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, maybe I agree. you know <laughs> maybe they won't. And and then I want to make you know something clear here too is that um, I, you know Chase uh, you know I think that they'll respond to this that they have sixty six million some odd customers and you know so many of them are religious organizations or political organizations and and I'm sure all that's true and 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 but I think that um, you know unless they were called on the carpet like they were here and, you know, unless they were forced by SEC and others to respond, uh, they wouldn't have, but now they, now they're in the position that they they're out there. And this is, you know, got the attention of the wall street journal and they had an article just right before the shareholder meeting right. talking right. about all this. So right. by Fox, I, I, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think that uh, they can run away. Yeah. Uh, you know, they made this counter argument that they have, you know, accounts for, you know, 50,000 churches and synagogues. But the thing is, I'm sorry, that doesn't really speak to the issue. No, because. It 
Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. If you, if, if, if um, First United Methodist, uh, First Presbyterian, First Baptist, or you know St. John's Episcopal or whatever if if uh, you know if they go and get a bank account of course the bank isn't going to say we don't do churches here <laughs> right you know, that that would be you know, I mean that would be so far beyond what would be plausible um so it is a pro religious liberties organization is into a zone of conflict in a way that a church isn't into a zone of conflict in that right now, one of the areas of cultural engagement is the LGBTQ activist groups. I don't mean LGBTQ people. Right. There are That's plenty right. of live and let live gay people. A, there are true. plenty of live and let live trans people, right? Like I, you know, I hear, you know, Caitlyn Jenner talking about not getting into people's faces and, you know, letting people live and, you know, you know, so, so there are people who just want to be, they have their, they have their identity. Uh, they want to be left alone. So we're not right. talking about those people. We're talking about the people um, which, who, who seem to not be right and at peace with themselves unless they can compel people to watch the spectacle and yes. participate and clap at the spectacle or else. Yes. Yeah. Not just to respect their views and their opinions, but actually, you know, go along with it and approve them yes. and applaud that and get behind that. And, you know, that's uh, in a, in, you know, on the, by the on way, the, that on, does call into question the spiritual and psychological whole, wholeness. Yes. Of this group. Right. Because no doubt there's there's another group of people in America, African-American people who were oppressed in horrific ways, a third of a millennium of chattel slavery. Uh, And then you have Martin Luther King Jr. And you have, you know, the abolition of uh, Jim Crow. Yes. And you you just you don't have the black community doing the same thing that you have, say, the drag queen groups yeah it's like it's like okay you know i i'm i i wanted equal rights i have equal rights yes there are a few race hustlers out there but african americans in america are living american lives of coexistence right and comfortable with who they are as people i think largely because of the prevalence of the christian faith um but there's something about the brokenness i think of uh, say a drag queen that they they can't be right 
unless they're reading stories to little children and getting that affirmation. And yeah. so, you know, or, I mean, really, they're kind of exposing something that maybe is spiritually toxic that, you know, um, that if they can't oh. control us all, they can't just be at peace. I That's thought right. love won, right? Love won, yeah. right? So the millennium is here. Right, they can get right. married. Men can marry women. Trans men can marry trans women. Every every possible combination of gender identities can marry. You won. You're happy, right? Oh no, we have to expose ourselves in a parade in front of kids. Oh yeah, I saw that. Wow. And uh, and, and I, demand I, your applause, otherwise you're a hater, and I'm going to ruin your life. Jerry, you know that's that was when I saw that, and I said, you know, I don't know if we fit the bottom yet, but I can see it from here. Um, I mean, wow. That you had men parading uh, uh, naked uh, in parades. Uh, this was in Canada, uh, but nevertheless, uh, there were kids there, and they knew there were kids there. And yeah, that's just wow. Uh, what a sad, sad day. Uh, you know that yeah, that those the White kind of House, things. You know. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, they were exposing themselves, and you know all that was being celebrated. And and again, I I, I think it's interesting is that um, you know. We may disagree with it, but we we believe that the Lord created us all, and we yes. all have value. We all have dignity, and we all need respect. Um, but that's not respectful. Uh, that's not giving anybody dignity. Uh, that's just trying to slam, you know, your view and how you live your lifestyle, and making sure that you want to make sure everybody can agree with that uh, lifestyle. And and if not, then you're a hater. And, and it's, right. just, it's, a, it's a very unfortunate. Uh, so how stable is it if it can't function in a psychologically healthy way unless it's affirmed? Okay. In other words, the basic we're getting kind of spiritual here. And if you're not <laughs> OK, but the basic the basic argument here is do what we say or I might commit suicide. They, yeah. they pull out the suicide threat frequently. Uh, one group recently, I forget who we're talking about. Um, they, they affirmed. Um, Trevor Project. They were right. asked why they why they affirmed the Trevor Project. Oh, it was Amex, which you know it, it includes sex change surgery. Let's stop with gender gender affirming care. It's not gender affirming care. Gender yeah. affirming care is you don't do anything. Yes, right. Know? Gender That's affirming right. care is all the organs stay where they are. I'm affirming. Um, yeah, you know, maybe what, some counseling. To get yes. you to to want to stay, what you know, what your gender is, um, and and so eventually they answered uh, the national center and they said, well, this is basically suicide prevention. So over and over again, I've seen this particular group say that if you don't agree with us, you are killing people, you are annihilating us, because it leads to suicide. Except, what group requires affirmation to not commit suicide? Yeah, I'm a I'm a Christian. I'm not going to say if you if you don't affirm me, I just might kill myself. So if you if you criticize my beliefs, I just might kill myself and it'll be your fault and my blood will be on your hands. That is that we associate that with histrionic personality disorder. We don't associate that with kind of settled personalities. So I think there's something desperately wrong here. That's my point. Yeah, no. And and, and you're right. And, you know, we're called by Christ to love everybody. And again, everybody, because they're created by our creator, you know, has lo- dignity and value. Um, but how do you react and, and, in, in a, in a loving way 
when that's their response or they say you're a Christian, well, then you're labeled a hater, you're labeled a homophobe or a transphobe. And I'm thinking we have got to get to a situation where we can agree to disagree. We can say, um, you know, we value you as a human being and we're going to respect you. But we, that doesn't mean we're going to agree with your lifestyle, that we're going to applaud and allow you to, uh, you know, as a drag queen, read to our elementary school age kids. We're and try to talk a, them into maybe believing that they're exactly, in the wrong body. Right? Exactly. I mean, yeah. And that's just a, a pale I, I too think, far. I think, I think when it became a kid thing is when it became, um, when it became um, a defeated cause. Even if it isn't defeated yet, when they dragged kids into it, yeah. Then, then you get the ire, and but you know, it's 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 is is you know, crazy. It is one of the things that we get involved in is these schools, districts passing these policies that are you know pro trans and pro. You don't have to um, basically. Uh, you, you can't get the the parents involved. Uh, we're going to do this separately. Even getting treatment, even getting counseling to help support, let's say, their gender dysphoria, that 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 you're not going to include the the parents in there. And we are going to have drag queens, by the way, read in the library to your kids. Um, I mean, it just and I think that's when you start having great pushback, and we've seen that. Um, but you know, sometimes it takes a lawsuit to get there. I mean, you're you're thinking, well, let's not make a, a federal case out of it. Well, sometimes you have to or, make or, a federal or, case out yeah, of it. Exactly. That's what, that's what St. Paul did. He made an yeah. imperial case out of it. You know, he got he got beaten. And they said, oh, sorry, Paul, we violated your religious liberty. You know, let's have a truce. And he's like, no, I'm appealing yep. to Caesar. That's let's right. go to Rome. <laughs> let's go to district court I. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> district court, capital letter I. Um, <laughs> yes. And uh, see what Caesar said. And, well, Caesar didn't agree with him and chopped off his head. But you know what? Some of Caesar's household agreed with him. And so, um, uh, so I mean, that's what ADF does so well. And I am so excited about the future of, in this cause because the involvement of the attorneys general, the involvement of the treasurers, money's on the line here, the involvement of ADF, which is your your litigatory kung fu is strong, <laughs> right? Yes. And yes. then guys like David Bonson and some of the other folks that I work with, you know, who are shareholders they yes. can go into the shareholder meeting. They can place the proposal and then say, "Listen, you don't want to listen to me. Let's. You, how about nineteen attorneys general and fifteen treasurers That's and right. alliance defending freedom? And uh, oh, you don't want to answer questions? Well, how about we two twenty you? What's two twenty? Oh, it's a Freedom of Information Act where you have to give information that, anything that goes before the board. Um, so we have so many tools, and they have got they have gotten into such an indefensible position." that I think we're going to see this thing collapse over the next several years. Not of its own. No. We're going to have to shove it, you know, uh, yeah. away. But um, it it is defeatable, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that we're already seeing the pendulum swing back. And, uh, you know, just this, this chase situation, which we talked about, we saw that, you know, they can't ignore it anymore. They, they can't sweep it under the carpet. They've got to address it. And, and that goes, you know, for Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and what we do is we want to make sure that they are accountable enough that they're not going to do what happened to Brownback's group in CRF and that that's not going to happen to 
your local ministry or your church um, that they're going to be put in a position where they better think twice about that because here's what happens when you do um, a wrongful debanking. Now, what what I'm wondering is, are we going to see more of it? In other words, like right now, they they certainly got themselves in a difficult position. Now, has have there been any cancellations since? And I know I haven't seen anything in the press, so this is something a lot of people are monitoring. And if there is one, if there are more, they're going to go to the top of the pile now. You know, um, is that well, is their bureaucracy on notice, or are they going to do this again? That's the that's the question. Well, I think as far as Chase is concerned, I think they're on notice. Um, interestingly enough, so NCRF launched a Chase Away campaign. Mm-hmm. So this campaign, if you go to that website, invites faith-based organizations to report incidences where maybe it was Chase or others, financial institutions canceled their services. Um, ADF is also separately collecting this information. So uh, again, not to, well, yes, to expose and to hold accountable uh, companies, organizations that are basically deplatforming, canceling, debanking uh, organizations because of their political belief or because of their religious beliefs. And so are you going to release that information at some point? Like, you know, instances, other instances you're finding or possible other instances? Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, we want to make sure that uh, we investigate those properly so we're not wrongfully accusing, you know, an organization of of that. So I I don't think it's going to be something that we get and then just turn it over. But I think it provides us and, and your viewers and others in this community to say, hey, what can I do? my ministry had this situation because, you know, a lot of this is, is until the lights put on to this, we don't know. And that's why uh, NCRF is having this chase away campaign. We're having our uh, campaign and you can really reach out to, to me personally uh, to provide that information because we do want to collect that and make sure that, you know, in America, uh, the companies that are so well supported by our business, by our dollars, are being held accountable. So we're watching. Yes, we are watching. We are watching. Just be yes. unnoticed, Chase. You know, <laughs> Wells Fargo, PayPal, MasterCard, Amex. We're watching. That's correct. Um, and um, we've got lawyers. <laughs> That's, Alliance Defending do. Freedom has some of the best lawyers in the country. Uh, Thank Bob you. Pruitt, uh, thanks so much for being with us today. I really appreciate your work. Jerry, it's my pleasure. Blessings. I'm Jerry Boyer. Thanks for joining us on another edition of Meeting of Minds. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525.